What's up, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 50.5. And we are comp- continuing and finishing our playthrough of The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. Finally. Finally. It's taken forever to not only beat this game, but to actually get together to record. Uh, it but, feels like it's been twice as long. Yeah, it does. So it's um, but it's we're finally here, and I have Matt with me tonight. Hello. So yeah, Trails of Cold Steel. Um, the last thing I remember was talking about. We were still in chapter six. We were at the end of chapter six, where there was something going on at the mines. You remember that? Yep. The, the this uh, Sashin mines? Something like that. Um, the mines that were, um, we, we find out are actually ran by somebody that we know. Um, but the mines, uh, something's going down there. Because what they did was they used the fire at the factory as a diversion. And so uh, we decided to go to the mines. Yeah, and Shit really started picking up here at the end. Yeah. So, um, make it to the mines. Uh, we kind of found out they are actually ran and they're influenced by the nobles. So, um, and we, we, if we remember correctly in the last episode, we talked about how there's two factions basically fighting for against each other in this kind of like governmental war. Um, the, the, you got the reformists like Machias's dad and Machias's dad's, uh, the, the guy, the, the Viscount who, um, who runs the iron and blood guys. So the people, Milliam works for this guy, uh, against the nobles, basically the king, queen, stuff like that. Um, and the corrupt nobles of, of the of Erebonia, basically, and um, this mine is ran by one of the nobles. Um, just so happens, it's ran by one of our classmates, a second year student. Which I don't even know if we've talked about her in this this series of podcasts. But there was three people that we met that were upper classmen of ours. Uh, the first one being Crow, who eventually joined our party. He got held back, so he had to join class seven. Um, the mechanic guy, what was that guy's name? Uh, shit, what's his name? For the life of me, I can't think of it. Well, anyway, it was, it was a mechanic guy. They were all, the three of them were friends with each other. They knew each other from the first year that they went to, went to the academy and, you know, they, they, we, we've learned who they are and became friends with them as well. Um, and the third person is a girl, um, who her father is, is one of the, the four great houses. He's the, he's the leader of one of the great houses. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Is, is Angelica the same year as these guys? Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay, is Angelica? Angelica 
which we never did mention, um, is that, I mean, the, the game has no qualms about it. Um, Angelica is a homosexual. And, and it is, and, and, and it's handled. I think Sophie would be very proud, uh, to be honest with you, because she didn't like how they handled, um, Kanji in Persona 4. They handled this one like like it was nothing, like 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 it was nothing, which it is nothing. But um, you know, most of the time people would even mention, "Oh, you like women," kind of thing. But in this one, she's just like, "Man, I can't wait to get my hands on the ladies," you know, kind of thing. And everybody's like, "Oh, here she goes again." Yeah, she's very confident in her decisions. Yeah. Um, and so uh, but to she, be honest. That's why I like Kanji so much. You like Kanji? He was still struggling to deal with that. I mean, he's, he's one of my favorite characters I think I've ever played played in a game. I, right. I loved his his struggle, but you know, she certainly is not not feeling that struggle. Right. So, um, but yeah, her the mine is actually ran by her father, who is one of the 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 leaders of the one of the four great houses, uh, you know, which we've talked about before. Um, Usus guy in our party his dad is one of those um leaders as well um and they are kind of trying to take it over um because as we find out um the the factions have been utilizing um Alyssa's mother's company the um what's it, what's her last name Alyssa's? Yeah. Reinford Company? Yeah, the Reinford Group. So the Reinford Group has a whole bunch of people in it. It's a large company, and certain people have chosen sides that work in the company. And the company, the part of the company that produces steel, which it comes a lot from the mine, obviously, uh, has sided with the nobles, the quote-unquote bad guys of this. Um... So, uh, uh, what, what they have been doing was under, um, behind people's backs, they have been supplying, uh, the nobles with basically free steel, um, in order to, when we don't exactly know what they're making, um, but we find out a little bit later, um, and they're obviously like, everything's kind of boiling to a head here. Uh, so the, the military police are there, um, and then the Imperial Army is there. On top of that, um, the Icy Maiden, what's her name? Uh, Claire? Claire, yeah. I, I can't remember half this stuff. I beat this game two weeks ago. <laughs> um, she's there along with her, uh, railway police, and, um, the, everybody's kind of, the, the, nobody's letting anybody in. Everybody's like, you can't come in. You know, you're not allowed to come in here. You know, we're pulling, we got jurisdiction over this kind of thing. Uh, but we know for a fact that something's going down inside the mine because, well, there's miners that's been kidnapped, taken hostage, and they're basically holding them as, I wouldn't say ransom. They're basically holding them so that nobody will come into the mine. And we obviously know who's holding them hostage. It's, it's gotta be, 
the assholes that we've ran into constantly throughout this game, which is the Imperial Liberation Front. So um, we decide to uh, sneak into the mine ourselves, um, which we do. Uh, and um, let's see here. We find some of the uh, the hostages that they have. And um, we decide we're going to have to have somebody take them back outside to get them out of this this mess. So Crow says that he's going to take them. So he leaves our party to take the uh, hostages uh, to safety. And when he comes back through, there's a cave-in. So the way back into the mine, our secret way into the mine, is basically screwed. There's no way to get back in. So he's he's stuck out there. We make our way deeper into the mine. And uh, we eventually run into... Um, the uh, the Liberation Front, mainly Vulcan, uh, which is V, uh, one of the the three main people that are left in the Imperial Liberation Front, uh, and we have a boss fight with him. Uh, do, we, do we know? So we don't think Gideon's actually dead, do we? The, from from what C has told us, Gideon is dead. Yeah, but A, we didn't see it. We didn't see it, no. Trust C, really, at all? I, mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust C, but I mean, at, at the same time, he's never actually lied to us. He's never harmed anybody. Mm. Anytime he's taken somebody hostage, he's always said that I'm not going to harm anybody. And he never does. I don't think I trust a man that's not even going to show his face most of the game. This is true. So I'm just throwing that out there. I think Gideon could still be alive. He could be. He could be. We don't We don't find out. So spoiler alert for the end of this game. We don't know if Gideon is dead or not. He may be. like that. And you, you'd think that's, that we would get a cutscene saying, oh, we found Gideon's body or something like that. Because he was, he was at the tower whenever the big siege happened. And they said he was killed in action, basically. If not, that's really weird. That a main bad guy would... That we've had multiple off, boss fights with. Off screen. Just off like, screen oh, yeah, does. he died. So he may not be dead. We don't know. Um, so we have a fight with Vulcan. Um, we beat him. We don't kill him because we don't kill anybody in this game, I swear. Um, and uh, C shows up. To which we have a boss fight with C. Immediately after the boss fight with V. Which is annoying as shit because this C fight is the hardest fight in the game. I mean, it, it really was. Um, and um, I had I had tons of trouble with. It. I died multiple times and just I kept weakening the enemies and starting again to the point where that you know I could I could pull off my my S crafts my super moves and basically just you know kill them fast. Um, so after we beat C, um, he decides he's going to get the hell away. So, um, he is picked up by S Scarlet, who is on a, um, on an aircraft, like a, um, airship and, um, him and Vulcan and S, um, are on the ship when, out of nowhere, we see a sniper rifle taking aim 
it shoots the uh, the airship, and the airship explodes and crashes to the bottom of the canyon. And that's the end of the Imperial Liberation Front. Easy. Yeah. We didn't even do it. Somebody else did it. Who is it? Nobody knows. We do get a cutscene of Claire investigating it to see. Yeah, she finds the sniper rifle and I was like, well, this is weird. I don't know who did this. Had it been an expert marksman. Um, and so, um, we go back to home and everything seems to be honky dory, as they say. Um, and everybody is talking about what we're going to do for this festival, the annual fall festival that has happened at Thor's every single year for 200 something years. And we gotta, we gotta win. We gotta, we get, you know, they, they, there's all classes are making different types of amusements and different types of booths and stuff like that. And we want to be the best. So we decide we're going to hold a concert. It's kind of a weird thing to be doing when there's so much turmoil in the land. Yeah. I'll get into that a little bit. Um, and pretty much the next chapter, which is the final chapter, is all about them working on creating the best concert that they can. Um, Elliot is obviously going to help produce the music. Um, he has uh, decided he wants to have a duet between with Machias and Eusus, as well as a... Um, a, a act featuring Emma and he's got everybody chosen who, who's going to play what instruments and stuff like that. And crow is going to be working on the costumes. So, uh, everybody's all concerned about that, which, you know, whatever. I mean, persona four had it. They had a concert, everything like that. And everything's kind of leading up to this festival. And we don't hear anything about anything during this, during this time. Um, there's one thing that I, I have, haven't mentioned in the, in the, this series of podcasts. And one of, and the thing is, and it, it actually shows itself at the end here. There was a, a woman, an announcer who hosts a uh, radio show called Odd Ben Time. Misty, right? Misty. And Misty, um, uh, Reen absolutely loves to listen to the show. At the end of every chapter, it shows him listening to her talk about the, the things that have been happening in the past month and, you know, big events and stuff like that. And she has a great radio voice and stuff like that. And on one of our field studies, we ran into a very popular a woman who was in the opera. She was a very popular opera singer. And Reen, uh, through his awesome detective work, found out that she was kind of living a double life. She, 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 the, the, they're one and the same person. This very famous opera singer likes to disguise herself as Misty, who is a radio DJ for a very small radio station in Trista. The small town of Trista has its own. She likes doing it. She, she told Reen that it was, it's something that she's always liked to do. And, and she, she likes to 
to get a, it's like an escape from her fame, basically. Yeah, I, I guess I can understand that. Yeah. So she does that, and he he realizes it from her voice because he's like, "You sound a lot like that opera singer," and she's like, "Ooh, well, kind of find out I am that opera singer. Please don't tell anybody," kind of thing. And it, you know, it's 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 a it's a, it was an ongoing thing throughout the game that he would run into Misty or run into the opera singer and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" kind of thing. Um, so, um, while everybody's getting ready for the festival, everybody's all excited and stuff like that, something bad happens. Um, and that thing being Crossbell, which is the, it's the buffer between Erebonia and a rival country. It's basically a city state or a city country um, that is actually ran by both countries. Both countries have stock in in Crossbell. Crossbell, the people of Crossbell have decided that they want to declare their independence. They're basically saying we are not going to have anything to do with Erebonia or the rivaling country. I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, and we want to be our own entity. Well, Erebonia is not going to be having any of that. And so they're like, well, you guys can say that all you want to. It's, it's, it's nothing but a bunch of people whining. That's what they originally say. Days go by and they decide they're going to put a, the crossbell puts a freeze on all financial, um, any type of money, any type of stocks, any type of, uh, even, uh, resources and stuff like that. None of that's leaving crossbell anymore. Which puts a financial strain on Erebonia. So the Viscount decides, well, we're going to have to go in there and talk to these people and we're going to have to bring some military guys with us. When they decide to go into Crossbell, all of a sudden Crossbell's got fucking tanks. Crossbell's being able to defend themselves. They attack the military when they try to come into the borders and now they're got a full blown war on their hands, and everybody's kind of, kind of being a little worried here. What the hell's going on? Well, I'll go ahead and get the festival out of the way. I mean, this is basically our field study, where we have to go around and enjoy the festivities of the festival. Um. And this is where you can kind of, you can work on your social links basically, but this is also where you kind of get to choose who you want to have as a love interest in the game. So depending on who you choose to take with you to these events is who you're basically going to be courting, I guess. I don't know the best way to say it. So Matt, I want to ask you, who did you choose? See, I, I, some some of my wires got crossed. Uh huh. Because I'm pretty sure every opportunity I had, I picked Laura, and then for some reason, I think the game thought that I picked Alyssa. I don't know what I did to confuse the game because I was very clear in my intentions. Um, so, so, what gave you that impression that the game thought you chose Alyssa? 
later in the game. Okay. We'll save that then. We'll come back yeah. to that. I also chose Laura. I, it was basically Laura 100% of the time, to the point that I invited her to do the same thing repeatedly. Yeah. Um, so the first day of the festival, we're just hanging out, you know, going to the festivities, enjoying all that stuff. And the second day of the festival is when our concert is supposed to take place. But that night, something goes down. Something in the old school house goes down. Um, a bell starts ringing at the old school house and a gigantic force field comes over the schoolhouse and we, we have to go investigate it. At this point, Emma starts to say, well, Hey, you, when we were at that castle and all these ghosts were floating around and all these force fields were around, you knew about it. Do you know about this one? And she starts talking about how she does know a lot about it. And she starts mentioning a whole bunch of things that, that were like, okay, how do you know this stuff? And she's like, well, I can't tell you everything. Um, so there's still a lot of mystery involved with, with her. I have a good idea of who she is. Um, but it's also revealed that her, her friend, the little cat, that she's been talking to can very well speak and it, it starts talking to us and saying that we have to go into the old schoolhouse and we're the only ones that can do it because we're linked with the Arcus. I don't know why. Yeah. Everybody's Arcus starts the Arcus uh, thing that we use to link with our allies Starts glowing and it allows us to go in. Um, I guess because our links are so strong. Who knows? So we go inside and we go down to the newest level. There is one final level of the old schoolhouse that opens up to us. The seventh floor. And when we go to the seventh floor, we basically find a portal to another dimension. And... Um, when we travel through there to figure out what the hell's going on, we go through possibly the most tedious dungeon I've ever been in, in a game. Yeah, it was fairly confusing. It was confusing as shit. I didn't really know if I had been down a path before. And if I did, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to go back down that path to see if I could get something else. Maybe I opened something. Yeah. Um, so there's tons of things we have to activate to make uh, barriers disappear, um, yep. as well as oh. lower bridges. What's that now? So it's the realm of greater shadow. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um. So, and the problem, the biggest issue I had with this was that it was filled with with enemies that were crazy strong. Yeah. And I was just like, please don't do this to me. Every time I would get into a battle, I would be like, shit. And like, it, you know, it, it was one of those things where you had to use your S attacks, your super attacks to even do damage to these fuckers. It really got on my nerves. Like this, this was Perfect. annoying. Yeah, definitely it was. I, so I started off fighting them, but I think when, when we got to like the second section, I just gave up and started running past them all. I was doing that too. So, needless to say, after we get through all of this, we make it to the end of this dungeon, 
this other dimension. And um, it's asking, Reen is hearing that voice in his head again, like whenever we found that first door. Um, and it was saying, you know, the Awakener is here. And do you seek the power and stuff like that? And um, we just, we get into a big boss fight that's, uh, it's like a giant shadow creature that fights a lot like Nosferatu. Yeah. So, um, this fight was insane. Like, it was difficult to sell, and I just, like, I did the same thing of dying, restart, but lower the enemy's health kind of thing. Yeah, it's tough whenever you think you have a strategy and then you just lose a character. Yeah. Sucks them into his body temporarily. Mm-hmm. And is damaging them every turn. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a freaking nightmare. But, after we beat it, um, Reen seems to have received a type of power that he didn't have before. Uh, and on top of that, he sees um, a word appear in front of him. He doesn't exactly know what that means. So, um, after we beat this boss, we then leave the dimension. And... Um, where the portal was, a door now appears. Um, this door then opens, and it is another giant suit of armor that we fought on the fourth floor whenever Reen's sister was involved. But this one doesn't come to life. It just kind of sits there. And we don't know what the hell to do with it. But after all this, uh, the force field from the school goes away. Everything goes back to normal. So uh, we talk to all the teachers show up, even the headmaster shows up, and, and then the headmaster is telling everybody, unfortunately, we're going we're gonna to have to uh, cancel the rest of the festival. And Class 7 throws a shit fit because yeah. they have worked so freaking hard on this concert. And, like... <laughs> I, I couldn't help but laugh at this and shake my head because even before we went through the force field into the dungeon itself, everybody was talking about, well, we're going to have to cancel everything. And Ring's like, whoa, you can't cancel the concert. I'm like, dude, the world may end right now. And you're yeah. worried about this fucking concert, really? Priority, son. And they were still talking about this fucking concert. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this concert to be over with. And so they're like, okay, we'll we'll let the we'll let the concert go. We, all right, everybody, just get some rest. We'll do the concert tomorrow. Whatever. It was a dumb joke. Sarah was like, you can't have the concert tomorrow because it's today. Kind of, it was so dumb because it was midnight. And I was like, shut the hell up. Um, it was it's just really cheesy, is what it is. Yeah, and and out of character. I mean, if this is supposed to be serious. Fucking world-ending shit that we need to deal with. Going backwards and saying, "Oh yeah, actually, what we care more about right now is the concert and making jokes about it." That sort of, I think, undermines the severity of the situation in Erebonia. Yeah, I it's I don't know. 
like th- this was a really weird part of the game where Reen has always been that guy who's like, we got to stop what's going on and stuff like that. And, you know, we got to protect people. And all of a sudden he's like, no, we, we've worked on this concert for like a week and a half. We can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't just let, let's go. Let's yeah. go to another dimension so we can go do this concert. <laughs> yeah. Let's hurry and be back by midnight. Cause that's when our, you know, that's when our curfew is basically. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so the next day, everybody shows up. Everybody's parents and family members show up, and they all have the concert, and everybody's cheering, and everybody's happy. And the concert is kind of bad as, as far as a game goes. I mean, it, it wasn't like a cut it, it was a cut scene, but it was an in-game cut scene where nothing matched up with anything, and I don't think anybody was actually playing the instruments and stuff. Yeah. Um, unlike Persona 4, where it was a anime cutscene of them playing, and I was like, okay, this is okay. It's like, you know, you're watching a, a anime. This one, it was just like, I'm watching a cutscene in the game, and nothing's really matching up. And everybody now speaks Japanese because they're singing in Japanese. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that, that happened. Um, and so we, we cut to a couple of days later. Um, and the Reen's basically narrating this saying that, uh, tensions have rose more in Crossbell. Um, things are, things are really going down. Um, they haven't declared war just yet, but there's rumors that the Viscount is going to make a big speech and that's when he's going to declare war. And so the day that he has his speech, everybody, is at the school and um, they want to all sit in the classroom and listen to the big televised speech or not televised, but radio speech because televisions apparently don't exist in this world, even though everything else does. Um, so uh, this is when we're basically at the end. Um, and there's two things we have to do before the speech happens. We have to find Milliam and we have to find Crow. Nobody knows where they are. And um, so we run around the entire campus finding people. We run into Milliam. She's actually at that big suit of armor in, in the uh, the schoolhouse. Um, uh, the mechanic guy, the second year mechanic guy, that I can't think of his name. I think George. Is it George? George is with us. Okay, George is. Um, he's, he's trying to study it. And we talked to him a little bit, and he's like, I have no idea what this thing's made out of. It's a material that I've never seen before. It's obviously ancient because, it, you know, we it's something that no, – this technology does not exist, but it's something that's old. So it's been around for a long time, which everybody's always known that that old schoolhouse has been there longer than the school's been there kind of thing. So – um we get Milliam and then we go searching for Crow. Uh, we can't find Crow. We've looked everywhere. And uh, the speech is about to start, so we might as well just go listen to the speech. We go listen to the speech, and the speech is kind of a long one. And uh, the Viscount is there in the capital. He's talking to a whole crowd of people, and um, and uh, Misty is there. She's she's there for Radio Trista making sure that she gets the, uh, the speech and she's broadcasting it to Trista and everything like that. And, um, 
this is where we get the big reveal of uh, everything. So, um, spoiler, the Imperial Liberation Front is not dead. They are alive and well. In fact, they basically planned all of this. So they, the whole point of this was to get him to have a speech in front of a whole bunch of people so that they could possibly assassinate him. So um, C is there, and he has a big, long sniper rifle, and he is aiming from what seems like a mile away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at the Viscount while he's giving his speech, and Milliam has a revelation. She realizes that she has been, she's been duped. She thought that she could stop this in time, but unfortunately, she was bested by C. And she now realizes who C is. And it's revealed that C is actually Crow, our classmate. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And, um,. He, uh, while, while the Viscount is, um, is, uh, having his speech, Crow takes aim, pulls the trigger and shoots him directly in his heart. Uh, he falls over, not necessarily dead yet. Um, uh, some people rush to, to save him. I think they try to give, give him medical attention. Uh, Crow is then, um, uh, found by uh, Claire, the uh, the railway police uh, chief. Uh, she's holding him at gunpoint and um, talking to him. Basically, he's saying he's like, "Yeah, this is this has been the plan all along." Um, and everybody's starting to realize, "Oh shit!" Like they're thinking back of like Crow has always been in town, even whenever he wasn't in our class. He has always been in town doing something. On his own, he's always been anywhere where bad shit happened, and everything's kind of like falling into place. Everybody's starting to realize, oh, it was him all along, kind of thing. But Crow still has one other trick up his sleeve. Not only does he have the Imperial Liberation Front, he also has decided. I mean, the, he he's been siding with these people the entire time. The nobles, the four great houses, have decided to join forces with the Imperial Liberation Front. In fact, they kind of hired them to do this, take out the Viscount and basically stop the Reformist Party uh, because they want to take this stuff over. So basically they even created this turmoil in Crossbell just so they could get the Viscount out of his shell so they could kill him. Um, Crow then escapes, narrowly escapes, because uh, he has the Imperial Army on his side now. Um, and he escapes because, remember all that uh, steel that they were giving to the uh, the nobles? The nobles were giving away? Mm-hmm. They were using that to create these gigantic mechs. He jumps yeah, onto he, a mech. Basically Xenogears. Yeah. This game turns into Xenogears. Which I didn't think we would ever bring up on the show again, but hey, you, you can't you can't escape it. 
but yeah, so um, he jumps onto a mech and gets away. To which he brings in a fucking army of mechs into the capital of Erebonia and starts decimating guys. Yeah, it's some kind of invasion. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, it, these mechs can destroy a armored tank in like one hit. So, uh, and the thing is, is when this happens, we don't see like the, the class seven is at, is at Thor's military academy in Trista. They don't see him get shot, but after he gets shot, they're listening to it on the radio through Misty. And then Misty starts talking to Class 7 through the radio broadcast. And she's like, well, you guys can't really see this, so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys see it. So she literally, she makes she makes a screen appear on the blackboard that they're standing in front of. And they're able to see this carnage happen in real time. It's a and question. That, yeah. Does this universe have any rules? I don't think so. Anything that anybody wants to happen just happens. Well, apparently, well, when that happens, Emma mentions she said that is a very powerful incantation uh, from some kind of school of of witches that she's very familiar of, and she remembers now where she's seen Misty before. She's one of the top witches of the school. So Misty is also working with the Liberation Front. She's quite busy. Yeah. And she basically infiltrated Trista as a radio host so she could get close to Class 7 because she wanted to keep Crow basically at arm's reach. Shit's crazy, man. So we're watching this through a magical TV Shit's going down. Mechs are destroying stuff. The city's being overtaken by the Liberation Front and the Imperial Army. And there's one other thing that they have to do. The Liberation Army sends some of their best to Trista. They fly to Trista uh, in their little mechs. They go faster than a train, get there in 10 minutes. They're there to destroy Class 7. Because Class 7 is the final link in this entire thing. If there's anybody else out there who could possibly stop them, it's Class 7. And Crow's not playing around. He's not taking any chances. We need to destroy these people. But on top of that, there's another thing that he wants. So we decide we got to protect the school. we got to protect all the classmates and stuff like that. So we go outside. When we go outside, there's two mechs waiting on us. One of them's just a standard guy. The other one is Scarlet. She's there in a mech, and she wants to fight us. Um, on top of that, the teachers, Sarah, hell, even the headmaster, they're all forming up a party and fighting up against the mech, and they're actually able to take one of them down, but it's taking everything they got. Um, even um, Alyssa's maid... Kind of, kind of find out she's a badass who used to be a mercenary. Um, they're all fighting, and so we decide we got to fight too. Everybody in this game is a secret badass. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
we we take on the one guy in the mech, right? And um, uh, we actually fight him as just out like as as a class, and we're able to take it down. Um, then we have to fight Scarlet. Unfortunately, we can't beat Scarlet because she's in a specialized mech made out of different material, um, and it basically recharges itself constantly. So no matter what damage we do to it, it's always healing. And she smacks us down. Um, and while we're laying there awaiting our doom, uh, Reen hears that voice in his head again. Saying, "Do you do you want that power? Do you, are you do? Was it say? Uh, it's, it, it talks in like old English, so it's like, doth thou desire the power or something like that?" And he doesn't know what the hell to say except yes. So he takes the power. Um, and Emma knows what's about to happen. She's she's warning him not to do this. He does it anyway. And that mech, that suit of armor that was sitting in the uh, the old schoolhouse, it comes to life, and it comes to Reen, and Reen jumps in it with Emma's cat, because because anime, <laughs> and uh, she's basically guiding Reen. She knows all about this. So this particular mech is an ancient weapon. Known as the Azure Knight. Yep. Um, and we then decide to pilot it. And this game changes completely. This, this, like, we have a battle, we have a mech battle between us and Scarlet in a mech. And this, like, the, even, even the combat changes. This literally turns into Xeno Gears. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it's kind of like a rock paper scissors thing, where if you, it, it depending on what stance they're in, we can do a stance as well. Um, and uh, it basically it, it's a lot like um, God was it uh, Pacific Rim, where the mech basically takes on the psyche of the pilot. So whatever the pilot does. The mech does as well. And so Reen knows how to fight from the, the school of the eight leaves, you know, kind of thing. And so, like, he, the mech literally does eight leaves school unarmed attacks and shit like that, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and so we take down, we take down Scarlet, uh, unarmed in a mech while she's got like this sword, beat the hell out of her. Um, and her mech basically falls over and then Crow shows up. C himself shows up and he's in his own specialized mech. He's in another ancient mech as well. And this is the green knight. I can't remember. Is it the white knight and the azure knight? Is that what it is? Is Azure's green, right? Azura's blue. Blue? Okay. Maybe he's the blue knight. I can't remember. But he has an ancient mech as well, just like Reen does. And he says that he's been piloting this thing for two years. He knows exactly what to do. He knows he can beat us. But he gives us a sword. 
because he wants to, he says, I want to fair fight. I don't want to see what you're made of. So <laughs> we have another mech battle. Um, which I, I, I really like these mech battles. These are actually really cool. Um, and, uh, we are able to beat Crow, but then Crow, like he says, I've been piloting this thing for two years. I know exactly what to do. He recovers and deals a devastating blow to Reen. Um, Reen's mech falls over and he's surrounded by his classmates. His classmates basically guard the mech from getting destroyed by Crow. And this is where we get our nice little cutscene of whoever we decided to have date us. And I got a, I got a little cutscene of Laura looking into the mech saying, you know, I believe in you, you know, you're going to save us all kind of thing. And I guess yours was Alyssa. No, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was Alyssa, but I just checked my trophies and it was Laura. Okay. I, I think what happened is at that point when you could pick people to go with you, mm-hmm. I went like, Laura, Laura, Alyssa, Laura, something like that. Right. So uh, I, I had her. She was like, I believe in you kind of thing. Um, the issue, though, is that the mech has sustained some critical damage uh, and it can't fight right now. The only thing it can do is redirect all its power to escaping. So uh, against Reen's wishes, because the mech, the mech says it has to protect the pilot no matter what. It decides on its own to fly away, leaving basically the rest of Class 7, his classmates, unarmed, very vulnerable, standing next to Crow in a full, powered-up mech. And it flies away, and Reen screams, I can't leave, and fucking credits roll. And I was like, well... Holy shit. <laughs> that's how they're going to end it, huh? And that's all we get. There's yeah, no, there's this, nothing else. This whole game was a really good opening chapter to whatever the next game is. Yeah. That that's my thing and that that's that that'll be that's my predictions for the next game is that Okay, so we've we we've played Xenogears. We didn't finish it. Yeah, okay, I get it. We didn't finish it, guys. Stop sending me fucking emails. But we didn't finish Xenogears. But if you remember correctly in Xenogears, everybody starts out not in a mech. The first probably four hours of that game, you don't have a mech. But then you get that mech and you play the rest of the game outside and inside of a mech constantly. Yeah. The first four hours of Xenogears is the entirety of Trails of Cold Steel. I have a feeling Trails of Cold Steel 2 will be Xenogears. Basically, you're in a mech sometimes, you're out of a mech sometimes. You're going to constantly be in and out of of the White Knight. And that excites the living shit out of me. I honestly can't wait for the sequel. With that cliffhanger ending, I have to know what happens. I put 80 hours in this game. I got to know what fucking happens. <laughs> so, well, all right. I've been waiting and anticipating since you beat this game. How do you feel about it? 
disrespected okay. by the game. It's bullshit that it took me 66 hours to get through the first four hours of a game. <laughs> um, that being said, you know, the ending was, was pretty fucking good. Yeah. And did you suspect crow? Uh, not really. I, I mean, it never crossed my fucking mind. I briefly, I thought about it for a minute when I was after our last recording mm-hmm. and I was like, whose fucking name starts with a C? I'm like, I guess it could be crow. I guess it could be Claire, but neither of them felt right to me. And then I, I, I thought maybe when he left during during the cave-in, you know, when he left to, take, to escort the miners back. But I, I, I don't know. I like, I, I guess I kind of thought it, but I wasn't – at the time, I wasn't thinking that Crow – I wasn't thinking about C, like, at all at that moment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that, that's weird. That's a little suspicious that, that he left. I mean, I – Kind of a convenient cave-in. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but then like, and then and then later I was like, oh shit, yeah, that makes perfect sense now. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like flitted on him and Claire, but neither one of them felt right. So I didn't really think either of them were C. That that kind of like surprised the shit out of me because I was like, because you know it led up to I was like, oh crow crow's missing, and I was like, well that's weird, and everybody was, but everybody kept playing it off like ah he's just a slacker, you know he's probably just skipping school and shit. Um. And then they, then they started saying, oh, he went to the Capitol because he wanted to see the speech in person kind of thing. And I was like, well, that's weird because Crow doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, why would he care that much now? Yeah. So- and then when Milliam said he bested me, I was like, oh, fuck, it is Crow. And I was like, what? And then it showed him he took off his helmet and everything. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, really? And the, I, I felt kind of – I felt bad because I was like, Crow's like, you know, he's like the – He's the wisecracker, you know, he, he's, he's, he's the guy who's like, you know, he's basically the Indiana Jones, you know, yeah, he's the one I'd want to be drinking with if this were, you know, real life. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a laid back guy who just, who's a smart ass, you know? And I was like, he's, you know, he's the dude, bro. You know, he's, he's my guy because I used him in a lot of my battles and stuff. Yeah, me too. And, um, when they, when it revealed it was Carl, I was like, whoa, holy shit. I wasn't as taken back as whenever, you know, Liquid Snake was actually playing, you know, Master Miller. It wasn't that big of a reveal, but I was like, whoa, okay. And then everything kind of went light speed after that. When it was revealed that Crow was C, all of a sudden the Viscount may be dead. He's been shot. Fucking Erebonia is being taken over by the Imperial Liberation Front. Fucking Class 7 may be dead. They're sitting there with fucking, you know... With with C, with a mech over them, and then we're flying off somewhere because we're critically damaged, and then the game ends, and I was just left, I was kind of left flabbergasted. I was like, "Holy shit, they're really gonna leave off on like this?" And yeah. and you know, as the credits were rolling, you know, the smile kind of peeked up on my face. I was like, "Okay, this is kind of good." <laughs> I was like, "This is actually really great," but I see where you're coming from because there was. There was so much filler in between there. I get it. You're supposed to set up these characters. You got to set them up because, well, you want to. You want your player to 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 feel for them and and cheer for them, and you want to know who those characters are. But man, was there a lot of filler in this game? 
But I feel now how they left this 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 game off. I think two is just going to be no holes barred. I hope that's how it's going to be. Because now I feel like, okay, we have our villains. We know who they are. We've identified them. Because the biggest question of all was, who is C? Now that we've answered that, what the fuck are we going to do about C? That's that's the question now. And I feel like we're, we're going to be answering that a lot faster in the next game. At least that's what my hope is. So my other question to you is, do you plan on playing... Trails of Gold Steel 2. Uh, see, if you asked me this two weeks ago, well, I guess at this point three weeks ago, uh-huh. I would have said, I don't know, man, slim to no chance. But now I kind of feel like my answer is, yeah, definitely. I'll probably only make it about 10 hours in before I get bored, uh, if this game is any indication. But it, if that game is structurally different than this game, I could be in. I, I mean, I, I, this is a game where I, I really want to know what happens next. Yeah. But if it were like this game, I and, I and I knew that, and I knew that the end was good in that game, I don't know that I would sit through another 70 hours for it. Uh-huh. If, if, if I read, I'm not even going to say reviews because I don't, I don't, I don't care about the score. I just care about whether the pacing's better. Pace, yeah. The one I need, I need this game to be better at one thing, and that's a big fucking thing. But just yeah. one. Uh, well, you can definitely ask Jay because he is going to be reviewing it when it comes out. Um, I have it pre-ordered. It's it's ready. I I will be there day one for this game because it's like the way they left off, man. I gotta know what happens next. Yeah. And I really hope that they pick up right. I hope they pick up, pick up right where where Reen is flying through the air, screaming, "I need to go back." I want, I want there. I don't want. Here's what happened, you know, a few months ago or some bullshit like that. I want it to be basically, you know, we went to a commercial break and now we're back. Yeah, it took forever to build some momentum. Let's not lose it. Yeah. So hopefully it does that. Either way, I'm playing it because I mean I'm invested now. I, I, I there, there, there's issues with this game, but I, I think this is a, a great game. I think that the the combat system is fun. Um, they did do a lot of cheap shit at that last dungeon by just throwing you monsters that you don't want to fucking fight and stuff like that. And but I mean I think that there's a ton of mechanics that are really fun. Um. I do like the characters in it. Some of them are a little lame, but I mean, I like the villain. Crow seems like now, now it's not like C was never a smart ass, but now it's, that it's been revealed that it's Crow. It's like he's like C's now a smart ass who is cocky, but at the same time, at the same time, he has this respect for Ring. Yeah. This was the one part where I wanted the game to slow down a little bit. Because I wanted, and and maybe Reen said this explicitly, but I wanted that sort of back and forth. Is he as bad as he seems? Or could he be, you know, mixed emotionally? 
you know, might we be able to convert him back to our side or is he, you know, is he too far gone? Or was he always gone? I guess he was always gone, but. That's, that's the thing is like, cause Rain even asked that. He's like, don't you feel anything from this? You know, he asked him, he's like, is this, I mean, we, we spent months together. We did field studies together. We fought together and you, you're just going to do this. You're going to betray us like this. You know? And he, he's like, it's, I've, I, I've never been on your side. Yeah. Is what he said. So it's, um, he, he pulls a Shalashaska moment. So, uh, but yeah, no, nah, it's, I, I thought this game was great. I, I would say I think it was good only because it ended real strong. Mm-hmm. If, if, if this ending hadn't been this good, I would not have, not ever have been interested in the sequel and, and really, you know, question my life decisions but 70 hours into it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Time to take a shit. I definitely don't have time to play 70 hours of a game that I told. <laughs> uh, but in the end, you know, in, in the end, that this ending redeemed the game, although a lot of the concerns that I had from last week, I guess, just get pushed back a game. Yeah. Because of all the... You know... It, it's easy. Oh, all of a sudden now there's mechs and there's magic systems and people can make magical TVs on the wall. There's no, there's like no structure in place. There's no rules. And as much as anything could happen is kind of an exciting proposition. You know, it, it means that nothing really matters. If, if anything, something bigger could just happen next. Like, no, I, I don't feel like anybody's even really been on the verge of death or the verge of really maxing out what they could do to affect the world because there's always something bigger around the corner, not in a good, not in a, a broadly expanding kind of way, but just kind of a, well, whatever they need to do, they'll just find a way to shoot them. Yeah. It'll be their magical waves. Orbal waves, yeah. The whole world is governed by orbal waves, so you can just do whatever you want to do. Is lazy, lazy to me, but... Uh, you know, but in the, in the end, I think I think they ended strong, and, and to me, that really validated a lot of the time spent with it. Gotcha. The same way the characters, like I, I think the reveals, not the reveals, but just sort of the, you know, the background and getting to know the characters, I think was necessary. It paid off in the end, but I necessarily like the way they did it. It was kind of formulaic. Uh, you know, to, to me, that's kind of the whole game. I like where we got to in the end, but I don't really like the way we got there. Right. Gotcha. Oh, there you go. That's... Unfortunately, uh, one other thing, I got really excited today because the new Game Informer came and they have a preview for the second Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah. And I, I glanced over it quickly. I thought the funniest thing was it says that the game we just finished playing, Trails of Cold Steel 1, is a Fun school simulation, which I don't I don't know if I really got that out of this game either. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, there was some school in there, but kind of. Yeah, I don't know. The images all look good. You know, the the write up is is fairly positive, so I'll take that as one positive step towards my playing the next one. I uh, I watched the trailer for the second game. Um, looks looks to be interesting. 
Yeah, here, here's a part I like. Let me just read this one little part. Okay. It says, Class Seven aren't on board with the Noble Alliance or the Imperial Army's views, so they've split off into their own third faction. This allows them to fight for their own individual beliefs, so each character has something different at stake. Okay. Uh, sure. Reen's complicated friendship with Crow gets tested, while Usus questions what it means to be noble. So, again, I don't know that that kind of thing would appeal to me if it meant sort of a resetting. But now that we've got a richer history with these characters, if they can just elevate the way the game is, the story is told, then I'm in. I just, I I need to, I need to know that it's not going to be the same structure as this one. Right. But that's all I need. Is just tell me that it's more exciting and it's less repetitive and I'm in. Okay. Well, there you go. I um I'm excited to say the least. I want to be excited. Just give me those two kernels and I'll be I'll be excited. <laughs> okay. Well, I um I think um that'll be good enough. I think we we covered pretty much everything. Uh, Do you have any questions? Anything like that for me? Uh, When does number two come out? Is it September? Let's see here. Trails of Cold Steel. The Game Informer just says fall. Two. Uh, let's see here. I've got it pre-ordered on Amazon. September 6th. So, two weeks. Three weeks. Wow. I'm looking at the cover of Trails of Cold Steel 2. I can see Reen, Alyssa, um, Fee, Machias, Emma, uh, Laura, Uses, yeah. Everybody's here. Even Millie, I'm in the background. Uh, I could have done without that. But. Yeah, me too. And it looks like uh, they have that airship that um, Prince Oliver created in the background too. So was it? Uh, was the was it the consequence? It might have been the consequence. I can't remember. The C word, definitely. Yeah. But, um, it, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally down. Oh, snap. Spoiler alert, but I'm looking at a screenshot and it looks like Reen's sister joins the party. Oh, Elise? Mm hmm. Because I see her doing a super move. Interesting. Cool. See, I also wonder if if I played through two or three boring games all set in the same universe, if that would be enough context to where even a you know, kind of a repetitive game, you know, a not traditionally exciting game would just be richer because there's so much more backstory. Hmm. Cause I, I get that even a little bit in the slow parts of 
something like Game of Thrones. Right. You know, even if it's slow, there's all the context around what you're doing. I don't know. Hmm. Eh, you know, they could have delved a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. But, you know, that's what it is. I think, um, I think they did a decent job with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a solid game. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But yeah, that's, uh, that's Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, we're going to end it there. I appreciate everybody listening. It's been a long one. It really has. And, um, I would like for you guys to send us an email about it if anybody out there is playing along with us. Um, it's uh, Drew at ZTGD.com, but he can email us. But um, I'll definitely read it off on the show. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, finishing up Trails of Cold Steel, we then move on to another RPG for the year of the RPG. Rogue Galaxy, which I've put all of 10 minutes into. I was going to ask you if you started it yet. I did start it. I did the first battle, and that was about it. I saved because it taught me how to save a game, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop here. Um, And that was about a week ago when I did that. So I probably forgot everything that it's taught me so far. But, uh, yeah. Level 5 game from the PlayStation 2. Which immediately perks me up. Yeah. You've put some hours into it. I know you have. Yeah, I'm about 8 hours in. Liking it? Uh, yeah. I mean, the short is, short impression so far is that I kind of fucking love it. Really? Yeah. So let me ask you this. You play on the PlayStation 4, right? Have you found a way to make it widescreen? I have not tried. I was about to say, have you even attempted to? I haven't because my first impression was, damn, this game looks sharp. I don't want to... Stretch stretch it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might leave it like that too. I was just curious if you can actually make them widescreen. Yeah, if I could make it widescreen without distorting it too much, I would rather play that way. But... You know, a couple hours in, and I, I didn't really notice it anymore. And I'm, I'm more impressed with how sharp it looks than I am wishing it was widescreen. Right. Okay. I was just curious. But um, yeah. So that's our next game. Uh, are we recording? We're recording next week. For that. Uh yeah. I mean, I could do this week, but you might want a little. Yeah. I, let's just. We'll just do it next. We'll just have it next week. Um, because I. When am I going to play this? That's that's the bigger question. Um, I'm going to try to get in a lot this weekend, at least. So, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we're going to be working on that. Then uh, we've got the next two games set up. So we got um, we've got a uh, Rogue Galaxy. Then after that, we're doing Danganronpa two, and then after that, Halloween is upon us, and we are doing Eternal Darkness. So, get excited. 
least I hope so. I hope I don't screw up like I did last time. That was last gen podcasts Xeno Gears. Yeah, that was last gen's podcast Xeno Gears. Yeah, we, well, we we never finished the. Well, no, yeah, we finished everything. Persona three, we kind of didn't. You got the bad ending. Yeah, there was also uh, one that we never even got close to finishing. Oh yeah, Deus Ex. One and two. <laughs> oh yeah, we were like, let's do Deus Ex. <laughs> no, um, that game's too hard to do. How about Deus Ex: The Invisible War? Eh, that game kind of sucks. <laughs> Not really playable. It's uh, it's tough because that's. That's the game I feel most guilty about. Like I wouldn't be able to make eye contact with Dave Sex. <laughs> because I I I love it so much and have, have completed so little of that universe. I you know, I am a gigantic fan of, of Human Revolution. Yeah. I thought I thought that was a absolutely fantastic game. Um one that gave you multiple choices to do and different ways to handle situations and stuff like that. It, like that game is brilliant. Yeah, I um, actually just reinstalled that yesterday in hopes that I can finish it before Mankind Divided comes out. I was about to say you only got what three weeks, two weeks. Yeah, and then September, I think. Yeah, um, I'm Probably. definitely going to play that. Yeah, I, I really want to. So, um, but yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week, but until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great one. And we'll be back next week with the beginning of Rogue Galaxy. 